Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Making Learning Special, where we discuss everything from parenting strategies to information about early childhood development, all the way to the realities of parenthood. I'm your host, Madonna Lazo-Smith, and with me is my husband and co-host, Zach Smith. So today's episode, if you have a child experiencing a language delay, a developmental delay or disorder, if you have a late talker, or if you're just curious, this episode today is for you. So we are going to just hop right into it and we're going to be talking about the difference between speech and language and the difference between a delay and a disorder. And I'm gonna have my co-host here, Zach, ask me some questions that, you know, he's just gonna throw out at me. Okay, so delay or disorder, I didn't even know exactly what we're gonna talk about here. And I did not care because when you started talking, I was like, um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's clarify this for everybody else. Cause if I don't understand then probably everybody else doesn't either considering I'm married to you. So I, I kind of have an idea about it, but let's, let's just let's start clear cut. What start is the, the difference basics. between yeah. yeah a delay and a disorder or whatever, whatever, however you want to define that. All right. So if you want to start off with what is a delay versus a disorder, because there is a difference. Yes. When you're thinking of a delay, a child is still um, going through a, their developmental milestones in a typical way, basically in a way that is predictable and how research shows it. You know, your child babbles, then they start the first words, then they um, start putting two words together, things like that. So it goes through a general guide, except they're just going through it at a later developing time as compared to same age peers. Okay, so when you're talking about a delay, is that only pertaining to speech or can there be other delays as well? Yes. So it can. Um, what are the different types of delays? Now, I know that you're a speech mm -hmm. professional, but what are some other types of delays that you're aware of that cannot necessarily be an issue? The, the, the other thing is, you know, we'll talk about, but what are some other delays that are relatively common? Yeah, so there's developmental delays that go into like cognitive delays, motor delays and things like that. I'll give you an example, too, in which that, you know, kids we know that kids have their own ways of going about their development. Not one child is the same, right? And these are things that parents tell me when they're like, well, we, you know, every child is different, or um, we know that this child is just going at their own pace. Yes, definitely. Each child is going at their own pace, but there's also a general guideline, like I said, that tells us if it's still within that um, quote, quote, norm, or if it's something that we should start getting worried about or something to look into. Give you, given an example. So um, I believe, so I'm not an occupational therapist or a physical therapist, but for motor milestones, for example, for a kid to start walking, I believe it was about as early as um, nine or 10 months, all the way to 15 months. And it can range a little bit here and there. But that's the norm of a kid will start walking at that time. With Ace, he was literally at that like 15 month mark when he started walking. Right. So um, he was more in the later end, but still within the norm. But if he passed around, um, you know, 18 months and he was still not walking, that would be a delay. So, OK, so as long as it falls within the normal range, it's not technically a delay just yet. Yeah, so okay. it would be kind of um, how you would count it is if they're delayed, if they're not producing or doing something six months or later as compared to same age peers. 
six months or later is when it's technically a delay then? Technically, yeah, that's how um, I would um, quantify it when it comes to assessments and evaluations, yeah. Okay, cool. So within the, standard, uh, within the normal range, it's, it's just, it's normal past that six months, it's a delay. Now let's talk about the other thing. Can you define what the other one is? Yeah, so we define delay. Now we're going to define disorder. So disorder. disorder is a little bit different because this is more of, it's kind of all over the place. Let's say it that way in general term. So a disorder is your child might not be going through the same steps as a kiddo who's experiencing a delay. The kiddos with a disorder, for example, in speech development, they might be able to produce later developing sounds, but they can't produce their vowels. And vowels are the very early sounds that um, kids produce. Or for exa another example is your kid is stringing sentences together, but they're not necessarily following directions or understanding what you're saying. So there is more of that mismatch or there's a gap or what we call splinter skills. Okay, so you're talking, so you, first of all, relax, okay, we don't understand that. <laughs> so let me, let me, let me dumb it down for people that don't understand this, because the only reason why I have the ability to kind of decipher this is because I hear this language every once in a while. But what you're saying is there's a difference between using words in a comprehensive manner, using words in a way that the kid understands and using words, um, we'll say hollow words empty sentences, like parroting, right, is what you say, right, where you're just saying things because it's a certain pattern that you know how to repeat and how to say, but you don't necessarily know what it means. That's an example in, so, in language development and considering it as a disorder versus a Right, well, because you were talking about how you, you put together, you know, stringing sentences together, but not necessarily understanding what yeah. in the heck they're actually saying. So that would be repeating a pattern of words that to them is just a pattern, but they don't understand exactly what it is they're saying or how to use it in, uh, like how to apply it when communicating with other people. Yeah. Functional language, yes, functional language. That's what you're saying. Yes, so just um, think of it in general terms, a difference between a delay and a um, disorder. A delay is your child is going about the developmental milestones and steps in a general way, you know, like we know exactly it's a predictable way. We know what's going to happen. In next. the predictable order that yes. all kids typically develop. Exactly. And then a disorder, it's more so they have skills in one area and might be higher, but then they're not doing something in um, one way or in another way. It's kind of all over the place, you can say. So um, that foundation can be a little faulty. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So I could see how that, how that could be a little bit confusing why some parents kind of fail to, I guess, live in denial. Let's just say that. Let's just call it for what it is. Some people don't understand the difference between a delay and a disorder. So because they think that their kid is advanced in one thing while turning a blind eye to the things that they were supposed to be doing, but haven't, they don't want to accept the fact that it may be a disorder because they're like, but my kid is doing advanced stuff but not realizing that without doing the foundational basic developmental stuff, there might be something up there, right? Mm -hmm. Is that, is that common for you? Because that's what I would think most people would, would do and kind of default to, well, my kid kind of, you know, he doesn't really do this, but he excels in this. He's absolutely phenomenal. So I don't think there's anything wrong with him. There can't be a disorder because he's putting to, you know, he's stringing together these sentences. He's putting everything in this alphabetical order. He knows his ABCs. He knows all this and that, but he doesn't know how to do X, that was supposed to be done like six months ago within the normal, the normal window of development. 
So that's what I would think most parents do. And I'm, I'm assuming that you deal with that. Yes. You probably get a lot of objections day in and day out from parents who don't know better, which is fine, dude. It's, it's, we're not all professionals in this, right? But I can see how it could be confusing considering that if, you know, if my kid is just great at one thing and then people just like, ah, you know, he just sucks a little bit here, but it's okay. He'll, it'll catch up, right? That's something that I hear you say a lot. It'll catch up. So my question to you is that I say a lot that, or that I tell you that people tell me a lot because I don't say it'll catch up. No, 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 no. You (laughs) never, ever, ever say that. And I never, ever, ever will say that as well, because if you, why would you, why would you want to risk that? Right? Like you want the best for your kid. I will never risk. Like, I hope it works out. Like I'm never going to do that. I'm going to make calculated moves. That's going to put my kid on the right path from point A to point B sooner than later. Always, always, we're absolutely on the same page with that. And I hope that most parents will actually do, which is why we're having this conversation, right? So when should a parent reach out for help and be like, okay, my kids should be doing this. They're great at this because there's going to be the parents. There's always going to be the parents that are going to be in denial about their kids' development, right? Because they don't want to admit that there's something wrong, quote unquote, with their kid. But when do they reach out to a professional? When should they be concerned? When should they, what are the red flags they should look for before seeking help? So it's always up to parents to know if, when they should seek help. We are here to kind of, I'm here to help guide them to see, okay, what is the best route, right? So we've definitely tuned into the other episodes because we've chatted about this. And I often do this also on my TikTok and my Instagram. It's a great resource for you guys that the wait and see method is not the best method to go about when it's your child's development. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be hearing a lot or not a lot, but there there are going to be people out there who just brush it off or tell you, oh, you're worrying too much, or I didn't talk until I was four and it's okay. I'm doing great, right? Definitely take those um, with a grain of salt because each kid develops differently and you want to get in there as soon as possible if your child needs that support. Whether it is a delay or it's a disorder, your child, any child, even a kid who is typically developing can still benefit from, um, from interventions. True. Really. So anybody really. So there is actually a difference between, uh, for example, here, I'm going to throw this out to you guys as well, a late talker and a late bloomer. So I actually just um, started learning about this a little bit more. So I I don't have necessarily all the research behind it, but I know that I could tell you guys a late talker is um, some, a kiddo that's a little bit more behind, right? In their language. A late bloomer is just a kiddo who, um, who basically is still developing um, fairly fine. And he's not as delayed as someone who's a late talker and just needs a little push some activities or some um, focused attention, just a little bit more. And then that after that, they're like, they're good to go. They're going, they're going. These are kind of our success stories in, um, in therapy. Some of the kids that we get might be late bloomers. And after five sessions or something, they're doing really well, right? But either way, either one of these kids they are still um, needing intervention. There's nothing wrong with that. There's, you should not be feeling guilty for reaching out for help. 
especially if it's not your specialty and things like that. If you have any inkling of a concern, whether it's, it's a big concern or a small concern, it doesn't hurt to reach out. So if your child, back to Zach's question, when should you reach out? It's, it's really individualized. Well, be, before you even answer that question now, now that you, because you said a couple of things that I, I want to touch on real fast. Like the first thing, well, let's just touch on this, actually. The first thing is you saying that, first of all, err on the side of caution, right? If you think something's going on, get some help because yes. it's always better to get the help instead of wait and see, right? Because that, that method, kind, quite frankly, kind of sucks. Um, now you said also that even kids who are like typically developing could, could benefit from getting services as well. I actually like that too, because why not get your kid extra help if they can use it, if it will just help them get better, right? It's like, it's like supplements for fitness and nutrition, right? Do you need them? No, but can it help an already good you know, plan? Absolutely. It's like when people say, oh, you don't need alcohol to have a good time. No, you don't, but it can help. You don't need, <laughs> you don't need shoes to walk either, right? No, but it can help. So I, I like that you said even typically all these great examples kids, from you know <laughs> I, I, all these typically developing kids that you're saying could actually benefit from actually getting services and help in, in a specific manner in a specific way that somebody who, who yourself a specialist can provide. I actually like that you said that because that's not something that I've ever talked or talked with you about because it was never something that is uh, it's like not, not normal I guess is the word because usually people who seek your services are the people that need it right but it doesn't doesn't mean that other kids who are typically developing can't benefit from it so I like that you brought that up because you know those examples that I just I just shared with you are um, they're true kind of you know they're true and so is what you said so it goes hand in hand there so yeah the, the wait and see method kind of sucks and then you know even typically developing kids can benefit from the services that you and other professionals Anybody. provide so yeah. um, it's, it's awesome I think I, I like to think of it like grown-ups getting coaching for things that they know they need help with right things that they're not necessarily bad at but want to be better at so I think about it like that so it's just like investing into your kids development into their shoot confidence because if they're good at something and they're just getting even better guess what they're going to hold themselves in a, in a different way they're going to carry themselves in a different way and we're all about empowering and getting our kids to be confident so not to sidetrack track too much I just wanted to throw that in there because uh that was a good point that you said, and I we've never actually touched on that. So good stuff. Anybody can benefit from these types of services. Yep, definitely. And um, so going back to your question then about, well, when do when should somebody um, seek out professional help if they think that your um, their child is going through a delay or a disorder? Think of it this way. Um, we went over some milestones in previous episodes. I feel like it might have been pre um, episode two or something. I don't quite remember, but uh, just think of it as, okay, these are guidelines and milestones and averages for you guys, okay? And they may vary from the different resources that you see, but a general guideline is that your kids should be understanding what you're saying, you know, simple simple directions, simple things like, where's your bottle? Where's dad? And they should be looking towards those things very early on, even before they're one, they're starting to, um, they're understanding so much, even before they're one, they start producing their word, their words by the time they're, um, they're one years old, they're combining words by the time they're 18 months, and putting simple sentences together by the time they're two years old. And this may seem a little far fetched for some families who are like, my baby's going to be doing that in six months, I don't know. But it's crazy how kids develop. It's literally, you know, from one week to another week, 
you can be like, oh my goodness, where, where did they learn this new skill? Oh yeah. I, I like to remember how I was talking about how babies, like before they're six months old, they're like useless, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're cute to look at, but okay. They're, they're just for aesthetics, <laughs> but in terms of like what they can do, they're just a, they're just a little, a little like Pee, life form. Pooping, they're just a little moving life machine. form, right? They're just like a, they're just like a turtle stuck on its back. That's all that they do for the first six months. But after that, it's, it's amazing. They start to flip over, start to say words, start to do all kinds of stuff, like social skills and all kinds of crazy stuff, try to babble words that you're saying. It's like amazing. Like after six months, I feel like that was kind of, that's kind of like the cutoff right there. But after six months, I feel like every single week, something new is happening and, it, and it's, it's just awesome to see. But in the first six months, they're just kind of like a little wiggling life form is all really is. Now you wonder, now you wonder why um, even professionals, we go when kids are younger, we look at how, how many months, right? 24 months, 18 months, 12 months, because every month can make a difference, actually. Yeah. Three I months make that. a difference. Six months that. make a difference for a little child. I mean, look at Ace, like going back to the, uh, going back to you talking about how he didn't start walking until 15 months, which is actually at the tail end of what's considered normal. He didn't walk the whole time. He just had, he didn't, he had no desire to, he didn't even want to, but one day we just really put forth effort in trying to make him walk and stand up. And all of a sudden he's literally walking across the back sliding door all the way to the front door. I'm like, dude, what? This guy's been sandbagging the whole time. Like literally like a couple weeks prior, he wouldn't even think about it. Yeah. And then next thing you know, he gets up and just walks across the whole house. I'm just like, dude, what? What are you practicing this at nighttime when I'm sleeping? Like how? Basically, like, literally. Hey. Yeah. He is actually, because if you think about it, babies, their brains are just constantly firing, firing, firing. Right. You'll notice that during development, you'll get into a groove and a routine. And all of a sudden, right when you get used to a routine, something changes with your kid. And usually that's when they're learning a new skill. So he's actually probably was turning and tossing a lot at night because he's getting those motor movements ready for walking. And we don't, there's always a change. Usually when there's a change, in something you see a chaotic moment disorganized moment and this is literally development where um your child is learning a new skill and this happens often and you'll notice oh my goodness he's not eating as much i wonder what's going on he used to eat so much or um he used to be such a good sleeper what's going on now he's waking up right. five times every night usually be ready for it because that's when maybe they're teething, maybe they're learning a new cognitive skill, maybe they're learning a new motor skill, something like that. So and you have to keep aware. Of it's completely normal. And what's crazy is for ignorant parents or new parents or whatever, not, not to sound negative or anything like that. Ignorance is just the lack of, of the education, right? They might think something's wrong with their kid when they continuously change patterns and act certain ways. Like they think something's wrong with their kid. Oh, my kid's colicky. My kid's crying like crazy. There's something wrong with them not understanding that they're utilizing all their brain power to learn this very next, this next step, this next skill. So um, yeah, it's kind of crazy because their patterns do change every, like as little as a week apart from each other, right? Like Aces has different phrases all the time, right? He's in that stage now where his language is just like shooting sky high. Now, all of a sudden this week, what's his favorite saying, Madonna? What's his new favorite sayings? Is that, um, that's a good idea. Ace. Is that that's a good, a good idea. That's is that, that sound like a good plan? That's a yeah. good idea. Yeah, those are, <laughs> but those just are like two weeks us. ago, he was talking about different things. Like his, his, it's always changing. It's amazing. And then, and I also want to bring up too that your, um, your child's development. I think I already forgot what I was thinking. Never mind. Well, while you, while you, come up, <laughs> while you come up with what you're thinking, 
when should people get the help then? When do, when should people people be concerned? What are some red flags they should be looking out for? Understanding is a big red flag, right? Okay. Not responding to their name because um, I already forgot this this milestone in my head. But by um, I believe I don't want to quote it wrong, but by a few months old, not necessarily like five or six months, but they should be tuning into their name right? Okay. You're calling their name often. I have funny videos on my TikTok of kiddos. Um, you know, they don't, they're, they have their legal name, but parents don't call them that. They call them something like burrito or Alexa. I think there was one, <laughs> hey, Google that one, right? I don't know how, but this kiddo, this kiddo is not responding to his name, not responding to his name, but um, he responds to, hey, Google, right? And they think it's hilarious. <laughs> it's funny. They're reinforcing that and they're giving him a lot of attention. So he's going to keep that, doing right? it, huh? So this is what kind of things <laughs> that we're building with kids when we are increasing their understanding of language they're starting to understand their name they're looking at us so I would say a red flag is when their child isn't showing that they're understanding typical things that you um, show them like or that you introduce to them like they should know milk because obviously that's a big thing that they drink right? right milk mom dad and very common common familiar items and things that they often see in their routine, daily routines. And answering their name is another concern if they're not doing that. And these are things that I'm thinking like, okay, is it a concern? Because it might be something with their hearing. It might be something cognitively that they're not understanding. So there's a lot of elements here why these are red flags, right? So that's that's very important for you. That's very, very, very important what you just said, because it might not be speech. It might be auditory. What if your kid's not listening to you? Not because of some people might be like, oh, my kid doesn't listen to me. Um, autism, whatever like that. But like you said, what if it's auditory? What if they have a hearing loss and they just don't know it? Like oh, that's yeah. extremely, imp- that's very, very, very important. If there's anything to take yeah. from this is get your kid checked. If there's any concern because it might not even be what you think it is. You might be misdiagnosing because of a lack of understanding of what the possibilities can be. Mm -hmm. So I want to just highlight this particular part of the podcast because it might not be what you think. Misdiagnosed, like misdiagnosing is so, so, so common in every industry when people try to self-diagnose because they don't know exactly what they're looking for. All they see is the symptom. They don't know the cause. Mm -hmm. Very important. You want, you're going to end up trying to treat something that's wrong. And then you're going to think that nothing's working, nothing's working, nothing's working. Well, duh, because you're trying to fix the wrong problem. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So if there's something to gather from this entire episode, it's seek professional help because they'll know what to look for. And if the person you contacted isn't able to help them, they might be able to connect the dots and connect you ultimately with the person that you need to be connected with to get the help that your kid needs to truly solve the problem. So I just wanted to, you know, butt in there. And, and highlight this particular part of the podcast because that's so, so, so important. Because I hear it in my industry as well. I've heard it in, under, in other industries. I hear it everywhere. Nothing works. Nothing works. I've tried everything. Blah, 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 blah. Well, sorry, because you're solving the wrong problem. You're solving the wrong problem. And that's a big issue here. So, yeah, no, I just had to, I had to butt in and let, it, let people know that you, you can't self-diagnose if you're not a professional. That's just yeah. the reality of it. And I've had some kiddos who 
they haven't had their hearing checked yet, for example, and they do um, have characteristics that look like it can be leading more to an autism diagnosis. Mm -hmm. They get their hearing checked. It turns out that they are not hearing anything. So they're not responding to their name. They're not saying any words because of course, um, you need to get the input before you have the output, right? And what right. else, you know, they're not understanding a lot of these things because they're not hearing anything as much, right? So they're showing behaviors and they're doing all these other things that makes it look like something else. So that's why it's always just, um, just go to a professional, go seek out help, like what Zach said, because that would be your best route. If you want to do the wait and see method, I would say- Don't wait for long. If, if it's not- <laughs> Don't a, wait for long. How about that? <laughs> If you want to wait and see, don't wait long, like maybe like eight minutes. If it's not a professional within <laughs> that area, I'm going to highlight that. If it's not a professional within that area of specialty who is um, telling you to wait and see. So if I'm the one who says, okay, um, maturation can be helpful for your child in speech and language development. And I've done my due diligence to observe, to do everything I need to do and saying that natural environment is the way to go for your child right now. And he'll mature and we'll, we'll revisit it and I'll monitor him for six months. Great. Take my advice. But if it is another specialist or grandma or something saying, just wait and see um, for a few months and you can take it from there and you can check it out. No. Um, it's no. up to you, parents. I would, I would uh, say uh, time would is say? of the essence <laughs> for children, especially since Zach and I were talking about how they develop within like a month or so, right? right? So just think about it that way. And I also want to point out, I've worked with a lot of families and a lot of children that I'm going to say for a delay versus a disorder, um, your kiddo can be very, very delayed, right? But at least what we know is that they'll go on with that similar trajectory as um, what's planned, for example, right? They're building a good foundation until they go to the next level, kind of like a pyramid. When it comes to a disorder, you're working going back to the basics. We don't know maybe where the fault is. We are trying to build that strong basis, right? So in, if your child may be ha um, experiencing a disorder, that can be maybe in some sense, a little bit more tricky to treat, especially since um, if your kiddo is doing all these wonderful things, which is wonderful, which is great, but it's harder for us to pull back and go back to the basics and understand why we're working on these basic skills that we're working on, things like that. Makes sense. So, so an easy way to kind of differentiate between a delay and a disorder, let's put it this way. You have a pyramid, you know what your, you know, your kid is supposed to crawl before he walks and walk before he runs. If your kid starts to do things out of the order of the pyramid, that's when red flags and alarms start going off where you should get your kid checked is essentially that what you're saying. Like you got to build the pyramid from one base, to the next base, you know, and you keep going up until you get to the very top, which is, I don't know, we'll call it adulthood or whatever. Right. Um, so if your kid starts from the base and then the next layer, and then all of a sudden he's skipped like three, four layers, that would be a cause for like, uh, okay, let's, let's, let's reach out to a professional and see what they think about this. Yeah, that can be a concern. Okay. Another um, red flag, I would say, is that um, engagement is a huge factor. Like so, eye contact? 
Um, yeah. So for example, if I'm having a conversation with you and you notice that I keep looking behind me, or if you notice I keep looking behind you, kind of like checking something out, automatically, even babies, they notice that you do that and they look towards what you're looking at. Or mm. kids, they start another one too, another um concern is are they using gestures you know starting to use gestures like reaching out for you or looking at you and looking at their bottle and then looking at you telling you like I want my bottle mom but they don't have the words yet if they're not doing some of these referencing and um, what you call joint attention as well that can definitely be a concern okay yeah so so bottom line follow the pyramid understand what the developmental milestones of your kid is and make sure that they're following it. If they're not, if things start getting out of order, it's time to reach out to a specialist just to get a second opinion. Cause like you said, time is of the essence and every day is a better, is an opportunity for them to get better or potentially get worse, depending on how severe these, these issues may be. So err on the side of caution, reach out to a professional, get an assessment, get help and get your kid moving. Well, Zach, well, thank you for that. So this discussion went longer than we had anticipated, actually, but rightfully so. So what we'll actually do is do a part two of this, because we're going to be covering about speech and language. And I think, you know, disorder and delay was such a great topic. And it's in itself that we just need to separate it. So if you found value from this episode, remember to come and follow us and write your review and we'll see you on our next episode. Where do they follow us at? Oh, yes. Making learning special. Y'all have a good one. On what platform? On all the platforms. Instagram, TikTok, website. You got it. See you all, all right, next guys. week for part two. See you next week for part two. <laughs>